morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We're at the end. Tracted Moed Cotton, the end of the third chapter, the bottom, the last line, twenty-seven B. So it said in the Mishnah that you're not allowed to bring out the beer of the for a woman ever, not only in Chalamoy, but it's disrespect. The scholars and Adoi said, We only learned this, we continue in 28a. This is only regarding a woman had given birth. She died in childbirth. So it's so there's blood. So it's, it's, it's not nice. It's disrespectful. Blood will flow from the corpse. Disrespectful. You can set them down just like you can set anyone else. Abelazar Amar, Abelazar disagrees, as I feel Even other women are not set down. Sibit says, Vatamasha Miriam at the Gavashab. Miriam died there and was buried there. Meaning, as soon as she passed away, she was buried. They didn't set down her beer in public. She didn't die in childbirth. <laughs> she was 126 years old. <laughs> Nevertheless, Atayda says that they buried her immediately. Why not? Either because blood can also flow from them, or because it's degrading for the living women that a deceased woman is only dressed in shrouds and set down before the men. It seems like they're disrespectful, not immodest. Another thing Abelaz has said, after Miriam in the Shikha Miriam also died by the kiss of God. As Yisham we learn Shab. It says Shab, Miriam died there, and it says by Moshe that he died there. By Yom Shab Moshe. So Ma just like Ma, as Yisham, the Malu Nemro Pei Hashem. By Moshe it says Api Hashem, he died in the mouth of Hashem. And Hashem kissed him. Hashem drew his neshama out of his body. Why doesn't it say explicitly by Miriam that she passed away? Api Hashem. Miriam was the first one to pass away. Before Aaron, before Moshe, because it's it's it's, it's indelicate. You're going to say that Hashem kissed Miriam, even though that's the truth. But people people will take it the wrong way. That's why you don't doesn't say it explicitly. But that's the end. And dying of a kiss, the kiss of Hashem means that there's no negative connotation. Death usually is tragic. Death is horrible. Death is the Malach It's tragedy. It's trying to say that he didn't die with the Malach Hashem took the Neshama, a person. No Malach Hashem drew the Neshama, kissed the Neshama, and drew the Neshama out of the body. So there was no negative, no negativity, no, it was all, it was all incredibly uh, beautiful. What? No, that's, that's, that's still a death, but we're going to learn in a moment. This was more, it's a different, it's a different category. That's the Malachamabas, you have different levels of death. But here it's a different, different category. Oh, I'm sorry. Why is the death of Miriam? 
juxtaposed. The parsha paraduma, especially when they're thirty and forty years, forty-nine years apart. <laughs> he thinks of chukas. He thinks about the paraduma, which was given to the Jewish people the first year they were in the desert. Right. And then he skips. The next thing you know, Miriam passed away. It's thirty-nine year difference. Why are they put next to each other? Lemelach to teach you. Just like the red heifer provides an atonement, so too the death of a righteous provides an atonement. What do you mean? Paraduma purifies. What do you mean an atonement? But the Torah calls refers to it as a chattas, as a sin offering, because as Taisu says, it atones for the sin of the red heifer. That's why you have to take an axe. To forgive on the eagle, I'm, I'm sorry. Forgives on the eagle azov on the on the on the golden calf. Yeah, there's so no therefore, 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 it's atonement. Now, why don't you juxtapose it to a regular sacrifice? Regular sacrifices are explicitly atonement. Why do you have to expose, just juxtapose it to um, a red heifer, which you have to twist and figure out why it's called an atonement? Why don't you? Juxtapose it to a sacrifice, which is a clear atonement. Mm-hmm. The Rebbe explains in Tanya, TanyaClass.com, you get a Sakhaydish, the fourth part of the Tanya, the holy letters, letter number 27 and 28, the Rebbe explains because the, the atonement of a sacrifice only atones for unintentional sins. But the red heifer was done outside the camp for death, it, it purifies death. Atones for even intentional sins. That's what he says. The passing of a tzaddik is like the type of sacrifice of a red heifer that's so powerful. It's such a surge of divine energy. When a tzaddik passes away, it's not a death, an absence. On the contrary, there's such a surge, it's a powerful surge of divine energy that it, it atones even for intentional sins beyond the regular sacrifice. Why is the death of Aaron? Juxtaposed that next to the mention of the of the clothes of the Kayan. It says Moshe removed Aaron's clothing before Aaron died and put them in Aaron's sons. And then he passed away. They went up to the cave and and Moshe took off the clothes from Aaron and put it on his on his son. And then he passed away. Why? To teach us, just like the Kayan by wearing his clothes, he achieves an atonement when the Kayan is doing the Avaida, the service. Because when does the service achieve an atonement? Only when the Kayan is wearing his clothes, he's dressed properly. So, too, the passing of Adam, the passing of Tzadikim, atones, achieves an atonement. In Zavachim and other tractors, the Gemara says where each of the garments achieves atones for another another sin. Chayshin Mishpat for miscarriages of justice, the meal, the robe, or the harmful sounds of the of lashon hara. Why do you need a separate teaching? You already learned that the Miriam, that the death of all tzaddikim achieves an atonement. Why do we need a separate lesson from Aaron and the comparison to the clothing, the garments of the of the Kayan? Mm-hmm. the Rabban and the rabbis learn, if a person dies suddenly, it's an abrupt death. 
Like he was snatched away. If he was sick for one day and then dies, it's a hasten death. Hasten death. At least he had a day. Yeah, at least he had a day. At least he had a day to, to prepare. My mother went that way. But Mace Pissim, he didn't even have a, didn't even have a, a, a didn't have a moment, he didn't even have a chance to say Shema Yisrael. You know, the Jews who were blown up in Israel didn't even have a chance to say Shema Yisrael. So, yeah. Or suddenly, just suddenly, the, uh, someone doesn't wake up, he's gone. If he's sick for one day and died, that's death by plague. Because it says in Ezekiel, I'm going to take you away by the plague. See, when it says, And it says there in Yechazkel that I told to the people in the morning and the evening my wife died. She was gone. She became ill. He spoke in the morning. She became ill. And by nighttime she was gone. That's a plague. That's Corona. <laughs> Because he was ill during the day and then immediately died. He was sick for two days and died. It's a hurry death. Pushed. Got it. He was sick for three days. And that is a death by rebuke. If you're sick for four days, that is the death by scorn. Hamisha, five days. That's the death of every person. No, it's not divine retribution. That's normal. That's the way Hashem created the world. It's not sudden. You have five days. You have five days to get your house in order, to do a cheshbon and nefesh, to take care of business. So that's normal. It's not abrupt. It's not hastened. It's not... The time the Taylor mentions Nadim and Avi, or four times, the Taylor says because they died because they were so special, not because they sinned, or they, they, their, their soul expired from ecstasy. They came so close to Hashem that they just flew the coop. And the soul just, just escaped the body. They, they, no, they were very holy. They're very holy. Moshe says they're holier than Moshe says, Adam, they're holier than us. Amrabhan and Abhanan says, Micro. What's the verse mean? Hain Karvuya Mechalamus. Shem tells Moshe that your death is imminent. Hain chat. Hain is one. Karvu close is two. Yamecha is two days in the plural. So it's another two. So it's four days. Yamecha, your days count as two. So Karvu is two, Yamecha is two, and Hain is five. Because in the Greek language, Hain is referred to one. So that's this is where we learn that five days, that's normal. Hashem was giving him a five days heads up. A person needs a five days heads up. Your time is up, so you know to prepare. So if Hashem, so if a person is sick five days, that's normal. That's the way it should be. If a person passes away 50 years, he misses Kadris. It's the death of Kadris. Even if you don't die suddenly, but you die at a young age. 50 years, yeah. 52 years, that's the death. Shmuel, Shmuel passed away as if he was 52 years old. That's why it says, Rabbi Lazim and Azariah says, I'm like 
70 years old. He was only 18 years old because he was a reincarnation of Shmuel. Shmuel was 52 with his 18 equals 70. So he says, I'm, I'm like a mature soul, an old soul. I'm physically, I'm 18, but maturity and depth, my soul is really 70 years old. Together with, uh, he was in the Shammah of Shmuel. Shishim, if you died 60 years, that's death in the hands of heaven. There are certain sins, it says you get caught, certain sins, lesser sins, it says you die in the hands of heaven. So, but it's a lesser form, therefore you live to the age of 60. It's not as severe as Kadis. Why did Shmuel die so young? Shmuel wasn't deserving of Kadis. Why, why did he die at 52? Because it says he shouldn't witness to see Tainus we learned. He shouldn't witness to see his disciple, the one he anointed, King Shaul, die. Hashem took him away. He shouldn't, shouldn't see it happen. Not because there was anything wrong with Shmuel, but it would be too much for him to watch, to see. Mm. Where do we see this in the passage? It says, He will go to the grave at a mature age. This is in Job. Bekelach is numerical value of 2 and 20 and 38 and 60. In other words, you will go in a mature age. A death of 60 is not premature, but it misses the death in the hands of heaven. Is a, is a punishment. Here the Pasuk seems to say that's a mature death, that's a mature age, that's normal. So some have actually have a version where it says 60 is a Mrs. Kaladin. That's a normal death. That's an average lifespan, 60. He doesn't discuss at all the death in the hands of heaven. Others, however, Say, we do say but it means the same thing. He means when Hashem takes your soul, the normal, normal death. So, according to this, the Gemara is not even discussing So, when then, then when does a person die if someone has misibedeshemayim? So, some say that that doesn't have a limit, a fixed limit. It means you die prematurely, earlier than you should, in the hands of heaven. Shivim Shana, a person lives 70 years. Shivim Seva, a person dies at the age of 70, that's old age. Shmeinim Gevudas, a person lives 80, that's already, that's strength. See what it says, it says until him, Meshna Seinabem, Psalm 90, the days of our years are 70 years. If we're strength, it's 80 years. In other words, 80 years is the strength of Hashem. Person's power is 70. David the Melch lives 70. That's normal. 80 is already a strength. That means robust, it's extra strength. Hashem boosted. Hashem gave a booster shot <laughs> to live to the age of 80. <laughs> that doesn't hurt, right? That's no, no side effects. Rabbi said, if one dies between 50 and 60, who misses Kadis. That's it. Not necessarily the age of 50, you drop dead on your 50th birthday. <laughs> Everyone gathered for your big party. <laughs> you drop dead in the hotel. Everyone gathered. No, no. 
but he means any time from 50 to 60. Why doesn't the Braiser say that? Because the honor of Shmuel doesn't want to say 50 to 60. He says if he died at 50, then he cut us. Shmuel died at 52. But really he means 50 and up. If you die between 50 and 60, that's already an early death, that's cut us. Oh, here's the story. Rabbi Yehissim, we have a sheet about a sheet, and Rabbi Yehissim was 60 years old. When the Rebbe was 60, 60, turned 60, the Rebbe discussed this Gemara at length. So he made a holiday, made a celebration. I left Kadis. Look, I didn't die. I'm alive. Because Kadis in the age of 50 and 60, and I passed, and I, I'm still here. I'm still standing. It means you can't sin anymore. You can still. You can also have a premature death. If you sin now, you're going to die. You can have, like he says, a we learn if you die in one day or on the spot, or if you die just one day illness or two days, it means it's angry. Hashem is angry. It means you sin, so you can still sin. You're not free. You have another 60 years to go. The You're not free. Days, right? yeah. We're all subject to that. At least half. At least I know the first 60 years of my life, I'm free. I did okay. You know what? There's a good chance. If I did okay the first 60 years, especially when I'm young, in my heat. Now I'm already 60. I'm more mature. The harder is not as... Uh, I'm not running so fast. <laughs> my teeth don't work so well. It's not, not the same. So it's fine. <laughs> Um, so the Rebbe asked, why was Rabbi Yosef the only one who made this party? Why don't we find that every, every Jew should make a party a day or six? He says, because today, after when Rabbi Yosef lived, after the destruction of the temple, there's no Makadus anymore. Or else people will be dropping dead right, left, and center. It seems like the righteous people die young and the evil people live forever. They're like toxic waste. They can't be recycled in heaven, so they stay down here. So... So, so why did Rabbi Yosef, why did Rabbi Yosef make a party? Because Rabbi Yosef was unique. Rabbi Yosef says he was blind. Like Yitzchak. Yosef became blind in his old years. If you're blind, you don't have a Yitzhahara. Because where does the Yitzhahara start? Like you say in the Shema, don't follow your eyes. The eye sees and the heart uh, desires. If there's no eyes, you can't see. So you don't have a Yitzhahara. What do you have a Yitzhahara? You can't see. You can hear them. So therefore, so therefore, since for 60 years he, he lived a holy life and he, he had no temptations he had no yet to hurt any other temptations he, he felt that his life he's receiving his life from holiness his life is pure holiness so therefore had he sinned he would have been cut off he couldn't live physically we sin and it doesn't bother us on the contrary the more we sin the less sensitive we become we become immune you get used to it, as we learned the other day. Mm-hmm. And if you sin twice, you get used to it. If you sin three times, it becomes a mitzvah. So, so we, we're immune to all of this. It doesn't, it doesn't bother us. But as someone who's tuned in to holiness, the moment you sin, you couldn't live. Physically, you couldn't live. You, you would feel sick, and you would die. So he says, the fact that I lived 60, I didn't die. That's why he made a party. Only Rabbi Yesu was the one who made a party. Okay. He sinned before he got blind, and became blind later on in his life. Also, Rabbi Yesu was... Rabbi Yosef was very modest. He, gave, he was offered the position to be the leader of the, of, the, of the yeshiva, of the Jewish people in Babylonia. And out of his modesty, he gave it up to Rabbah. Because the whole debate, who's superior? Rabbi Yosef or Rabbah? Rabbi Yosef knew the whole Torah backwards and forwards. And Rabbah was deeper, sharper. 
So everyone said that we need Rabbi Yosef better. He's, but Rabbi Yosef himself abdicated. He says, no, no, let Rabbi take over. And because of that, his modesty, he says for 20 years that Rabbi was, was a leader. Then when Rabbi passed away, he became a leader for two years. When he was the head of the yeshiva, he didn't need a doctor to come to his house. He lived miraculously. Because of his modesty, he lived such a godly life that you saw that his whole life was godly. But he's still a freedom of choice, and he didn't have cutters. He didn't have cutters. Obamacare. I wouldn't have passed away suddenly. The rabbis were very worried. I mean, it's a bad sign. It's a bad sign. We just learned. Maybe it cutters. A peer of Tater scholars from the city of Adayev. We didn't learn this. A person passes away before he reaches the age of 80. And then he dies suddenly. So he misses Nashika. That's a death by kiss. Because naturally you should get, you should get sick. At the age of 80, you don't just die suddenly. You get sick first. Your body starts uh, falling, falling apart. And then you die. And we learned this from Moshe. Moshe had and Miriam. Even though the Gemara says it wasn't sudden, right? Hashem told Moshe, he gave him five days' notice. But Aaron, Aaron and Miriam was sudden. And the Titus says it was a death of kiss. So Kadis is only either you die from 50 to 60, through 59, till 60, or between the age of 60 through till 80 if it was sudden. If you're sick less than five days, but death and 80, there's no cutters. There's no cutters. Sure. Uh, Even if you die suddenly, it's not cutters. Interesting. I guess by then you're not sinning anymore. <laughs> you don't have the energy to sin. The length of a person's life and the number of children you're going to have. And the, and how wealthy you're going to be. It's not dependent on merit. It depends on your mazel. That's why we wish each other mazel type. The influence of the celestial bodies. Question is, could prayer, we learned in Shabbos, whether prayer can change your mazel? Like the person That's seems to say, like he, like what Rabbi Hanina said in in, in Shabbos, that mal, you can't escape mazl. But Allah is like Rabbi Yechon. Actually, through good deeds and through tefillah, you could change your mazl. So how do you reconcile Rabbi and Rabbi Yechon's view? Then how can you say that? It seems like an extreme opinion. Rabbi Hanina and Rabbi say that the, you can't affect your mazel, you can't affect your destiny. The whole Torah is you follow the Torah mitzvahs, you'll be blessed. Torah says sometimes you could change it and sometimes you can change it. Mazel is a very strong factor. It's a mazel Torah, which would be a good mazel. It's a very, very, very strong factor. Rabbi and Rabbi both were tzaddikim, were righteous. How do we know they were righteous? Because one prayed and rain would fall. And the other one would pray and also rain would fall. So you see, Hashem responded to them. So they were righteous. You know, you can't fool Hashem. So obviously they were genuine. They were the real deal. 
להפחיז דחייתיש ומטלטין שלהם, להפחיז זה live 92 years. big families and, and they're going from wedding to wedding so he lived to see to walk to the chupa 60 of his grandchildren children and grandchildren Rabba's household suffered 60 bereavements death of children and grandchildren household age of 40 he must have married at a bar mitzvah he married young Beit Avchiz, the Alter Rebbe married at 13. Old days used to marry young. Beit Avchiz, the Semid, the Lekalvi. Yeah, I was 17. 14, 14, 14, I think. Beit Avchiz, the Semid, household fed bread of fine flour to the dog and it wasn't needed. The dogs wouldn't need it. It was so spoiled. And Beit Avchiz, household fed bread of barley to people. <laughs> And not enough could be found. Well, they had such an abundance of fl- fine flour, and and they fed it to their dogs. And Rabbi, for his own family, he could barely find barley flowers. In other words, they were both righteous. This one was successful in life. This one had a beautiful life, and this one uh, had a horrible life. I mean, a tragic life, physically tragic life. So you see, it all depends on the mazel, the mazel that you're born. <clears throat> That's why Rav, Rav approves. Right so you're right, because the accepted view is not like Rav. The accepted yeah. view is that ain't Mazel Yisrael. A Jew can rise above his Mazel. So how do you explain how such a righteous person suffers? But again, Hashem has a different calculation. Like you were saying, there's this life, there's the eternal life. A person suffers in this world, but his neshama is elevated and refined and to a whole different level as a result. So Hashem is a whole different calculus that we can't understand, we can't figure out. You know. Exactly. That's what we know. We're rich. When it comes to not knowing, the previous Rebbe said, when it comes to not knowing, we're billionaires. We're so rich. We're trillionaires. Rebbe said, These three things, I, I, I begged Hashem. Two things they gave me. One thing they did not give me. What, one I asked for I should have the wisdom of Rav Huna I should have the wealth of Rav yeah they gave me both Rav had the wisdom of Rav Huna and he had the wealth of Rav Chizda. he was wealthy and wise even though Rav himself said it all depends on Mazel but even Rav agrees that through intense devotion intense because Hashem is interactive. When you, when you do something, in other words, naturally, if you act naturally within the parameters that Hashem created you, then you're stuck. But if you act in an extraordinary, heroic way, intensely serving go Hashem, go way beyond, Hashem will also go way beyond. And then he became rich and he became extremely wise. Interesting. But I asked for him, that Ravuna's son, I asked for his humility, that lay That they didn't give me. What do you mean? Everything is in the hands of heaven except the fear of heaven. How, how do you ask for 
humility. Humility is something you have to do. Hashem won't give that to you. Hashem can give you wealth. He can give you wisdom. He can give you things that are... That, but, but how you... Morality and that, that is, that's up to you. So how can, how can he ask for... How can he pray for humility? So the Masha says... He didn't ask it as a gift. He asked Hashem to help him in his struggle to achieve it. Of course, he worked for it. But Hashem can crown your effort with success or not. And he says, in this case, Hashem did not crown my effort with success. I wasn't as successful as I hoped. Wealth, I had exactly what I asked for. Wisdom, I had exactly what I asked for. But the level of humility that I asked for, the level of Rabbi Barav Huna, that it was, despite all my effort, I never achieved that level. Maybe it was reaching very high. But with Hashem's help, he could have achieved it. And that Hashem did not respond. Fascinating about it. Okay. Rav, Rav, Siedim, Rav, Siedim, Achud, Rav, the brother of Rav, Rav Yosukami, the Rav was sitting in front of his brother. Chaz, he become an He saw that Rav was uh, falling asleep. May the master tell the angel of death not to hurt me. Rav asked his brother, tell Angel of death, he shouldn't hurt me. So the brother answered to Rav, Mar, His master not his friend? Rav was acquainted with the, with the angel of death. It says that Malach would talk to the rabbis. He had conversations with them and dialogues. So you're familiar with him. Speak to him directly. As he said, Rav said to him, Since my mazel has been delivered to the angel of death, he won't pay any attention to me. I'm dying. So he says, once, now he's not listening, he's not paying attention to me. The brother said to Rav, May the master appear to me after he dies. That was, he was dying. So he says, appear to me after he dies. And he passed away and he appeared to him in his dream. Did you feel pain when you died? It was like a puncture from a blood, let, a blood letter. A blood letter. So it was, in other words, it wasn't, it was... A little pain, just a little prick. prick. A, a little prick. prick Baruch Hashem was just a little prick. I didn't feel much pain. Rav, Avi, also came to Rav Nachman. Rav was sitting in front of Rav Nachman. Chazi, he saw Rav He saw Rav Nachman was slipping into death. It meant, it meant not he was falling asleep. It meant he was dying. Like before, he was dying. So Rav Nachman said to Rav, tell the angel of death, he shouldn't hurt me. You're not an important person. You can speak to the angel of death yourself. You don't need me to speak to him for you. Who is important, who is awesome, who is exalted for the angel of death? For the angel of death, we're all equal. He doesn't care. Rekia is like Rikuye Pachim. Hammered out. Smoothed out. In other words, for the angel of death, who is who is exalted, who is awesome? We're, we're... The angel of death has no respect for any of that. Once it's delivered into your hands, it doesn't mean anything. You're refined and you're special. It doesn't mean anything. 
Rava asked, once you pass away, please appear to me. Chazali appeared to him in his dream, and he said, Amalei. Rava asked, his teacher, did you have pain when you died? Amalei. Like here, being drawn from milk. It was painless. Didn't hurt at all. It wasn't even like a, a needle, the prick of a needle. And if Hashem would say to me, go back to that world, to go back to life and die again, I wouldn't accept. Why? Even though the actual death itself was like pulling here, it was not painful, but the fear of the angel of death is too great. It's terrifying. I wouldn't want to go through that again. Because the fear is terrifying. He might have said, Rabbi Lazar, have a kachal to Rumor. Rabbi Lazar was eating to Rumor. His chazal, an angel of death appeared to him. Amalei, Rabbi Lazar said, Rumor kachil nebel avkoidashikre. I'm eating to Rumor. Isn't that called sacred? You're not allowed to contaminate Rumor. So I should stop you from taking my life because if you take my life, you're going to cause the Rumor to, be, to, be, uh, to become contaminated. So the moment passed and the angel did not take his life. It saved his life. Maybe once it passed, it passed. <laughs> you know, he missed the boat. He missed the boat. The angel of death appeared to Rav Sheshit in the marketplace. I'm going to die in the marketplace like an animal. Come into the house and then take my soul. He wanted to die in his bed. Like, uh, you know, respect Ravashi is Chazle, Ravashi, the author of the Talmud, the angel that appeared to him in the marketplace, wait 30 days for me. I want to review the whole entire Talmud before you take me. Because, because you say in heaven, fortune is the one who comes with his learning in his hands. And the Rebbe explains in Tani what it means is it says if you learn Torah with love and awe of Hashem, without egotistical motivation, but for the right motivation, then your, your Torah is elevated. Otherwise, your Torah stays in this world. That's what it says, fortunate is the one who comes and he can take his Talmud with him to heaven because he learned Torah for, for pure reasons. There's no ego involved, no arrogance, no ego. It was Lashma. But anyway, he says, give me 30 days, I should learn the whole, I should review the whole entire Talmud. Exactly. The simple meaning is it's fresh. Shah says Tamudi Biyadi means when you write. When you write Torah, that's what you remember. Because what you write, that you own it. It's your words. When you put it in your words and you write it down, that's when that's why the rabbi Torah scholars are called Seifrim, because they wrote. You only acquire Torah. Right. It's only when you when you write that you commit the insights to writing, that's that's the title that you retain. On the 30th day, before the end of the 30th day, the Malach came to Ravashi, the angel of death, Ravashi said, What's your rush? What's your rush? We said 30 days. You should have waited until the end of the 30 days. Mixes a Yem Kekuli, such a Tamil Chachim. Ravashi is pushing the foot of Ban Nasan. The time has arrived for Ban Nasan to take over Ravashi's position. Ravhuna Ban Nasan, who took over Ravashi's position as the head of the Babylonian community. 
So his time has come. One king cannot, the reign of one king can encroach in the reign of another king, even a hair breath. So the time has come, and I can't, I can't wait another moment. The angel of death couldn't couldn't approach up his why? He didn't stop learning Taita. He wasn't silent. When he learned Taita, it was so holy he couldn't approach him. So the angel of death went up in a cedar by Davchizda's house of study. The cedar split. Davchizda fell silent. He heard a crack for a moment. For one split second, he stopped learning. Interrupted his thought. The angel of death was able to take his soul at that moment. Like in David. Yeah, exactly. Also, the angel of death couldn't, couldn't approach him. He disguised himself, the angel of death disguised himself as a pauper. Also, he went and knocked on Avchia's door. He said to him, Bring me some bread, I'm starving to death. So they brought him out some bread. You have no mercy on me. Surely you have mercy on, on a poor person. So who gavram? I look at Why don't you have mercy on the angel of death? Why don't you allow me to do his job, to do my job? <laughs> I'm doing Hashem's, Hashem's job for him. So why are you making it so difficult? He then revealed himself to Achia, showing him a rod of fire. He showed his true identity that he was really the Malachim Mavis. He wasn't his pauper. So Amtalei Nafshi, he has surrendered his life, life to him. He's doing Hashem's work, so he surrenders his life to him. Okay, next mission, uh, we continue on 28B. Okay, look at mission, Dashim Bamayin Manis, of Limitavchis, women can chant an, uh, uh, manis, an elegy on Chalamoid. Limitavchis, not have to clap their hands. Abishmol Emer, Smuchas Limitavchis, those who are near the, near the beer may also clap their hands. The women, especially, because the women mourn, they, they know how to mourn. You know, they really cry and they know how to mourn. So they, they lead in the mourning and the crying. You can chant the elegy and you can clap. Either, either beating the chest or, or clapping with your hands. But but in Chalamoyed and Rishchidim Chanukah Purim, you don't respond in lamentation. That's much more intense than elegy, because there they're all chanting together. Here, Someone one, alone one person, one person reads, everyone follows. So that that you don't do. Once in the season been buried, you're not allowed to chant an elegy or clap. What's Inuch? means they all say together, they all chant together. Kina, lamentation, one speaks, and everyone responds. Teach your daughters mourning, how everyone mourns together, and each woman, lamentation to her friends. Lamentation is something that one leads and everyone follows and that's much more intense form of, of mourning 
Now he concludes on a positive note, the end of the tractate, the last, the end of the last Mishnah. In the future Mashiach will come and says, Bilam it says, it says that Hashem, that Hashem will, it says in, the, in Isaiah, that Hashem will eliminate death forever, Hashem will erase tears from all faces. Literal meaning is that there won't be any more death in the hand of man. He's not talking about death by natural causes. There'll still be death by natural causes. But the Ram says, no, it means there won't be any death at all. It'll be the end of death. It does say in the Tanakh, Mashiach will come, a person will die a hundred years old. You say a young Baitrik died. <laughs> he died in the, in, the, in the height of his youth. He didn't even start living life yet. You know, a hundred, what's a hundred? You know, people will be living in the hundreds. So there will be death, naturally. But 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 it won't be such a big tragedy. <laughs> but there won't be any tragedies like tragic deaths or accidents or that type of thing. There won't be any death at all. Okay, that's the mission. What do they say? What's an elegy? What did they all cry together and all say together? They say Whoa, over the journey. Whoa, over the security. In other words, woe unto him is on his journey, a journey that he'll never return from. Woe over him because he has to repay the security that was entrusted in him. His neshama, Hashem gave him a neshama, and he puts us in charge mm-hmm. of his neshama. Mm-hmm. We have to watch it for him, and now he's going to have to pay for that. Amar says, the the women of Shekhansiv would say, over the journey, over the security. The women of Shekhansiv would say, good garma cut bone from tooth, good cut garma bone from the tooth, bring water to the cattle. They were very wise women, they would speak in riddles. What were they saying? Cut bone from the tooth means opening of the mouth. Bring water to the kettle. The water returns to the vessel. It was the exact opposite of drinking. Instead of water flowing from the vessel to the mouth, the water moves backwards from the mouth back into the vessel. What does that mean? When a person passes away, it's the reverse. Here, Hashem blew his, his spirit into our nostrils, blew his breath into our nostrils. Here, the nostrils, here it's flowing backwards. The spirit is going back to heaven, is going back to Hashem. Open the mouth, and the water is returning back to, to the vessel. The women of Shkhansiv would say, Wrap and cover yourself. Mountains. The Barame, for he was a man of distinction and greatness. In other words, the sky over the mountain should darken as a sign of mourning for this special person that passed away. 
The coffin is a robe of fine silk. To a free man whose provisions are depleted. This was a case where the person couldn't even afford to pay for his own funeral. So they were hinting that people should have mercy and help 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 the family for the burial cost. And the women of Shechansiv would say, Right, he runs, and not only falls, on Mabra, at the crossing, at the crossing he borrows. In other words, he used to be wealthy, and now he lost all of his money, and now he doesn't even have money to be buried. Another thing, Rabbi said, the women would say, Our brothers, the merchants, our brothers, Tagari, the merchants, Ness will be searched. They're saying that when a person dies, Hashem is going to search. Their business, and make sure they were honest in business. Hashem will look at the books. Isn't it one of the first questions you asked? Yes, the first question. First question, yes, were you honest in business? The Sasav and the Satav and Munna. The first thing you judge on is Antaira, but the first thing you. Tani will learn the Baraiz, another thing, another thing the women, of, wise women of Shansa would say, one death is like another. Suffering is the interest payment. All deaths are the same. You died, you're done, it's over. You return your soul to its maker. But it's like the payment of a loan. The additional suffering, that's already interest. Death, that's the payment. You have to pay back. Hashem gave you a loan, you're returning. But the suffering, that's already the interest. It says in the Pasuk that it's better to go to a house of mourning, to go to the house of feasting. Shleim HaMelech says, Ecclesiastics. He says, Devarim shall miss... There's a Pasuk. Ecclesiastics. Tevel Lech Zabesavu. Oh, Ad Vachayit Till the chayit and the living, the living shall take the heart. What do you mean, living shall take the heart? So he said, Rabbeir said, the vanim shall be some matters of death. What do you mean, matters of death? If you eulogize the dead, others will eulogize him. Even if you're not a relative. In other words, take the heart. Take the heart that you yourself. That you'll also die, and you also need that kindness. Right. So take care of others, and others will take care of you. Then others will return the favor. The yisbers make sure to eulogize others. If you bury others, and people will bury you. If you carry the dead, they will carry you. If you raise yourself for the dead, they will raise themselves. Others will raise themselves for him. Others will raise your voice. You will say this, others will raise their voice, you know, measure for measure. Others say, this is what he means, if one does not raise himself, 
They were raised. It's better that you should be said to you, come up here. Someone who doesn't raise himself is not arrogant. And he takes care of the dead, takes care of others. Quietly, then Hashem will raise him. Because it says in Proverbs that don't glorify yourself in the presence of kings, don't stand in the place of the great. The better it should be said, come up here. You should be. So Hashem will raise you. When the son of Rabbi Yishmael passed away, four sages entered to console Rabbi Yishmael. No father should bury their, their sons. Who were the four sages? Rabbi Yesi Aglili, Rabbi Loza ben Azari, and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Tarfin said to them, no, that he's a great sage, an expert in that goddess. Don't, don't try to usurp his words. One, if one repeats words of Agada, don't interrupt. Even though you have a different opinion, a different version, just, just be silent, let Abishmo listen. I'm Rabbi Kiva. Kiva says, "I'll be the last." He puts Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel opened the conversation by saying, "My sins were many. My bereavement came in close succession. He lost one after the other." He lost one son right after the other. In the plural, more than one. He has bothered his teachers the first time and the second time. In other words, his teachers came twice to, to comfort him. It was two sons. Then the Rabtarfan Rabtarfan responded and said, says about that your brethren, the entire Jewish people, should bewail this loss, this burning. How much more so? They only did one mitzvah. The son of Adam brought the blood to him the first day of the Mishkan, the inaugural service. They carried the blood from one of Aaron's offerings. So that day, that mitzvah in the Mishkan, they only did one mitzvah. Which, which was part of the inauguration of the Mishkan and all future temples. Nevertheless, also, did so many mitzvahs. And they were honored. Hashem says, you should honor them. So how much more so? That the sons, Rabbi Shmuel, did so many mitzvahs that we, we have to honor them. Then the Rabbi Yisrael Gilevam, and Rabbi Yisrael Gilevam said, "Mesafli kol Yisrael v'kavruos." It says regarding Avia, the son of Yiravim ben Avad, that all of Israel will lament him and bury him. Yiravim was a rush. Chaytem matzis Arab. He introduced idols. 
But Avia would be buried honorably, even though his whole family, the Prophet told him his whole family would die, because of one good thing that he did. So he will die, and the, the whole Jewish people will mourn him. He only did one good thing. One good thing in the singular. What was the good thing that he did? So Kach Bano, the Gemara will explain. Kach also Bano Shabbi Shmuel Achas Kama Kama, who had many good deeds. Surely we all have to mourn him and eulogize him. My Davertay, what's the good thing that Avia did? Avzeder Achinah Bar Pap. It's an argument. One of them, one of them says Shabitl Meshmarti Valeregel. He abandoned the station, ascended to the temple. The government of what made stations didn't want anyone making pilgrimage to the temple because if they make pilgrimage to the temple, they'll all go up to Yerushalayim, the kingdom of Judah. They'll all desert the kingdom of uh, the ten tribes and they'll all join Yehuda. See, see, he was one of the sentries. He abandoned it and he himself went up to Yerushalayim to the base of Miklash. Chadama, one of them said, that he abolished the sentries. Not only he went up, he abolished it, allowed anyone to go up. That was the one good deed. And because of that, he was buried respectably and he was honored and eulogized. Then the Rabbi Lazarus Mazari, Rabbi spoke up and he said, "B'shalom Thomas, Misrus, Avisach, Hamlochem, Rishenim, Shalachim, He is for Hashem told King Tzitkiyo, the last Jewish king, that you will die peacefully, and like the burnings, they would burn the kings when he would die. They would burn his bed and all his personal effects. Everything would be burned together with him." It's not, there's no prohibition of Baltashchis because it's show, you, 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 there's a purpose. You're not just burning it just to destroy, you're burning it to show the king honor. No one else is fit to use his personal, personal items. But you only do this for a king, for a Nazi. Hashem promises Sidki, you're going to die honorably and peacefully and with the same honor and respect, you're going to burn everything with him, just like he used to do in the first king. He only did one mitzvah. Shehel Yirmiya Menatid, that he he delivered Yirmiya from the tid. Yirmiya was thrown into the into the pit because he dared to prophesy about the destruction of the temple. He told her the king should surrender, and if they don't surrender, they're gonna they'll lose their kingdom, they'll lose their sovereignty, and the temple will be destroyed. So they instead of listening to him, they threw him into the pit. But Sitkia. He rescued him from the pit. So, Panus Rabbi Shmuel, the sons of Rabbi Shmuel had so many mitzvahs, how much more so? Then Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva spoke up and he said, "Be yemuyik dalam mitzvah yishlam mitzvah adrimim because megida." And it says in Zechariah, so it says in the pasuk in Zechariah, it's referring to it's going to be a big morning, a big uh, who's morning, morning for who. So we learned in Sukkah either it's going to be an argument whether it's going to be for the death of Mashiach ben Yosef or whether it's going to be for the death of the Yitzhah. If not for the Targum, I wouldn't know what the Pasuk means. Because the Targum explains it as follows. On the day, there should be a great morning in Shalayim. Like which like which morning? The Ach of Bar Omri. Like Ach of Sam Omri. The Kotli Yosef Bar Tavrimain. Who was killed 
by Hadrima in the son of Tavrima, like the morning of Yeshia, the last righteous Jewish king who died at the young age of 39, who was killed by Pare the lame in the valley of Megiddo, and Yirmiya himself eulogized him. Who only did one good thing in his life? The king was propped up in his chariot in the presence of Aram. So he was fatally wounded. He didn't want to demoralize the Jewish forces, the, the soldiers. So he had him, he stood up the whole time. So for that one good deed, he was mourned and mm-hmm. eulogized properly. Thomas, you will die peacefully. But it's written that they 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 blinded him. The Buchanetzer blinded him. How can you say he died peacefully? This is died in his lifetime. Knowing that his enemy died, that he died peacefully. <laughs> The Stalin died, oh, Hitler died, now, now he can die peacefully. The next day he died. The next day he was released, and the next day he died. I will gather you into your forefathers, you will be gathered to your grave in peace. The archer shot at Yeshio. They made him like a sieve. So many arrows punctured him. So how could you say you'll die b'shalom in peace when he had so many arrows that pierced him? That means that the temple won't be destroyed in your lifetime. After you die, 30 years later, that's when the temple destroyed. The comforters are not allowed to say anything till they get permission from the one who's being comforted. Shnamit says, he sat with him on the ground for seven days. No one said a word. And after that, Eve, Job, opened his mouth. Then they responded. How do we know that the mourner reclines at the head? To comfort him, the mourner has to sit at the head. It says in, in Job that I would choose their way, I would sit at the head, I would rest like a king amongst his troops, one, as one who consoles mourners. Yenachem means others, one who consoles others. So it's not the mourner, but the, one, the ones who, who can console them, they should sit at the head. The one who's receiving comfort. As it says, we learn from here, excessive mourning will, appro- will approach, which means the mourner becomes prince of the exalted ones. Medically, he says, like the, the, the ministers, will, will um, approach by 
the nobility. Like a bridegroom was splendid as a koyin. Just like the koyin sits at the head of chosen You have to respect the koyin. He always has to be the first one, the first aliyah. Every time you experience intense emotion, whether it's a chosen or a mourner, he has to be in the head. For minol and koyin itself, how do we know he's in the head? It's a mitzvah to sanctify him. He has to be the first to open the Torah reading. He has to be the first one to bless. He has the first one to take to take the portion. It's difficult to take Neshama out of the goof. If you can if you have a knotted rope, pull through a hole. Trying to remove a, a, a rope from a hole of a ship, it's so tight. And others say, like a cable pulled through a hole, which keeps the boat together, so it's so tight that no water can get through. We continued. Everyone have a wonderful day.